Hey guys, this is Pastor Sam. Welcome to the Flood Podcast, episode five. Cinco, I don't know any other languages, but say five in whatever your favorite language is. Episode five coming at you. I hope you guys have enjoyed all the previous episodes. Pastor Lacey really rocked it a few weeks ago with how to find the right spouse. Tanner brought a great word this past Sunday uh, that he had from his devotional at camp. We're going to have all the other leaders bring you their devotionals soon. Pam, Carly, Sam Beatty, uh, mix in some testimonies, have some interviews, other guest speakers and whatnot. We're just really excited about this because it's another form, uh, another avenue for us to get you the word and help you grow closer to God. So if you have a topic that's on your heart, something you want more uh, to know more about, send us a message, text us, talk to us sometime at church. Let us know what it is that you want to hear about and what the scripture says about, and we'll be sure to get that together for you. Today's podcast is titled, I Want to Help Someone. And I really feel like, and I wouldn't, I feel confident in this, everybody has somebody they want to help. Somebody that they want to see get set free, somebody that they want to see get to know Jesus that is lost right now, somebody that's hurting, somebody that's going through a difficult situation. Somebody that has more questions than they have answers at this point. So what I want to do is go through a few scriptural points. There are more out there and there's a lot of detail, but let's hit on the basics of how you can help somebody out uh, that you care for. The very first point we're going to hit on today is love. To help somebody, it's got to be initiated, fueled, and sustained by love. Love never fails, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13. That's actually the scripture we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, The Bible, you know, Jesus himself said this. The two greatest commandments. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And number two, love thy neighbor as you love thyself. So love is important. You cannot help your neighbor unless there is love there. That's why it has to be first. It also has to be first because God himself is love. So God is going to help you help somebody else. It's very hard and impossible to truly help somebody without love, without God. So when you bring love into the equation, when you bring God in, all things are possible. Doesn't matter how hard it is for you. Doesn't matter how hard uh, things are for them. God will use you, take you beyond yourself, and take that person to places they've never been before because he himself is involved. So here in 1 Corinthians 13, and talking about love, this first point, He goes through and talks about characteristics of love, defining love. In other words, defining God himself. So here we go. Verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 13. You may be able to quote this with me. And it's a very common verse. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Go ahead and be encouraged right now. That word right there, this is where your faith gets built up by hearing the word. Love never fails. If you go into this with God and you go into this with love for that person, the first two commandments, loving the Lord and loving them, love never fails. They will be helped You'll be used. It'll work out great. So that should encourage you. This talks about how to love that person. So it's not just saying, I love them. It's genuinely doing these things and being real about it. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. Your witness is got to be patient. You, you can't expect just an immediate turnaround. Now, it, by all means, it's possible, but you have got to be willing to be patient. Patience is huge. Patience is hard, but patience is valuable. Be patient. By being patient with them, be sure to be kind. You can absolutely ruin your witness. Snapping, being rude, having a blow up. You can quote all the scripture you want, but if your life does not reflect kindness and the love of God, people aren't going to want to listen to you. They're not going to believe uh, that what you're saying is true. You hear people say all the time that Christians are hypocrites. You can't act one way and talk another. Be kind, be patient with them, and that will love them, and it will show them love. Love does not compromise. If you really want to help somebody, you cannot compromise the Word of God. You cannot compromise to, to help them. Some people say they want to meet folks in the middle. No, it, it's coming to Jesus. Come with me. Come to Him. He has everything you need. He's your answer that you're looking for. So love does not compromise. And that goes with this part that says here in the Scripture. Does not rejoice in iniquity. I know that's kind of a, that's a hard word for me to say. Probably a hard word for you to say and a hard word to understand. But iniquity means do not rejoice and celebrate things that are bad, things that are are impure, things that are sinful. I've had youth over the years, not a lot, but there's been a few here and there that have said, you know, I really want to help these two friends of mine. They're lost. They go to parties. They drink. They they do drugs. Uh, I want to help them. So to help them, I'm going to go to the parties with them, but I just won't drink. And that's not, that's not right. See right here. It says, don't rejoice in iniquity. Don't do the things they do to help them out. That won't be beneficial. That won't help them and it won't help you. So stand for truth as it says in the very next line. Rejoice in truth. Draw that line in the sand so that they know there is a place they need to get. When you just go with them and do the things they're doing, they don't see a difference in you from themselves. You may not drink. You may not smoke. But by being there, you give that your approval. Pastor Lacey and I, if we go to a, a party, like a work party, or some, some family friend or somebody invites us, and there gets to be drinking and stuff like that, we're gone. We don't stay there with it. We just we don't want to be in a place like that. We, and it's not that we're like, we stick up our noses and walk out the door and make a big scene. That's just not where, where we're going to be an effective witness. It's, not, it's giving it our approval to, to, rejo- to be around those things. We don't want any part of it. So don't feel like you need to go to parties. You need to do the things people are doing to reach them. That's a lie from the devil. He's trying to deceive you to get you off path. Stay in what's right. Be anchored in what's right. Show them there's a different lifestyle. I think you guys experienced that with camp. You saw in going to summer camp, some of you that just started getting plugged in, I can have fun and be a Christian. I don't have to do those things. We can play ball. We can hang out, play games, laugh, have a great time. And you know what? I'm, I'm a Christian doing this. See, it breaks the, the, the deception that the devil puts out there that when you become a Christian, things get lame. It's a lie from hell. That's all he's capable of doing. Another way that, that young people, and even I say young people, adults get tripped on too is, when you love somebody and you want to help somebody, like say maybe it's a, a guy or girl you're interested in, you don't date them to help them. All right? Let me make this clear. Dating is not an outreach. 
All right, you don't need to date somebody thinking if I date them, you know, I'll be able to help them and, and they'll turn the corner because I'm gonna be able to take them to church with me and that they're gonna see the light eventually by hanging around with me. No, dating is is really it's a stepping stone to marriage. Dating is meant to be done with the intention of courting to be married. Dating should not be taken casually. Dating should not be abused that way. Dating is is a sacred, special thing set up for marriage. So when you date, it should not be like Joanna Gaines and trying to do a fixer upper here and, and trying to convert somebody. One, they don't. It's not you that's going to change anybody anyway. If you can talk somebody into it, somebody else can talk them out of it. It needs to be a genuine, real relationship with Jesus Christ. So understand that when you to help somebody. You need to genuinely help them as a friend to get where they need to be. If you feel like there's an emotional attachment there, like you know they really like me and, and, and or I have feelings for them in that way to want to date them and I, and, and I want to witness to them, they're not where they need to be, understand there comes a point where you need to divide a line. It's okay to let somebody else witness to them at that point. If you feel like you can't effectively do it without your feelings getting involved, it's okay. Pastor Lacey, I know you, you guys have heard my testimony. I was interested in dating her before I got my life right, before I got born again, before I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, to a point where you know we could be united in one accord in a marriage and a relationship, dating, whatnot. So she told me, when she realized we weren't at that point, she said, we'll never be together. I, I have to break up with you. you know, it just She didn't say it's because of this. She just broke it off with me, and she was very decisive about it. We'll never be together. But in doing that, I applaud her for that because she didn't allow the enemy to condemn her, to make her think, well, because I'm not doing it and because I'm not dating him to help him out, nobody's going to. She didn't believe that lie. She knew that God is bigger than her. She knew that God wanted my soul and my life to get right and for me to get to that point with him even more than she did. So she trusted that by cutting it off, that God was going to use people to witness to me. And sure enough, because I had a hunger for the Lord, God used many people. He used Rodney and Tasha Hutto. He used Les and Julie Wagenti. He used Pastor Mike and Pastor Kim. He used a lot of people. So God will, will make sure of it. Don't think you have to save somebody. It's not up to you. You're a vessel, but you don't have to date. It's not Dating is not an outreach. All right, so to effectively reach somebody, love them. Number two, prayer. You got to pray for them. Now, when I talk about prayer, I am talking about genuine, heartfelt, fire prayer. I'm talking about really getting into it, not just passively and casually throwing something out there hoping it sticks. All right? Genuine, heartfelt, spirit-led prayer. When you pray for somebody that you want to help, you need to activate all of heaven to reach them. Open up the windows of heaven through your prayers. In other words, if I'm praying, I'm going to throw a name out there. Uh, let's just say, Timothy, hope you're listening. I'll give you a shout out. You're the first person that came to mind because shout out to Timothy. His brother-in-law got saved this morning. I'm so excited for Ellie and for Timothy. Just a great testimony across that family. Let's just use Timothy for an example. Timothy, I'm praying for Timothy. I don't need me to be like, Lord, thank you. That I hope you reach Timothy one day and I hope he gets saved. Amen. You know, people even think they get a little bit of faith in there. Lord, thank you that one day Timothy will be saved. Amen. I'm not saying those are terrible prayers. I'm just saying you're not going to the full extent to activate all of heaven. 
ask, seek, knock. I'm talking about get the army of heaven going. Stir up the angels. Get the Holy Ghost moving on your behalf and on their behalf. Pray in tongues for them. The perfect will of God. You know, I don't know what to pray for my friend. Start praying in tongues for them. That's why it's important to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, to have that gift. But also, too, get detailed. Start praying for the laborers. Pray for other people to reach them. We talked about it just a second ago that maybe you, you have a hard time separating emotions with the person and, and them thinking it's more than just witnessing, but they're wanting to get in a relationship and you just can't effectively witness. Pray for laborers. Matthew 9 says, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray for the, the laborers. doesn't say pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers. You need to say, Lord, thank you. I'm talking about Timothy here. Lord, I thank you that you, you, Holy Ghost, you speak to Timothy and open his heart today. I thank you that there are going to be people that come in his path to share the gospel with them, to show your love to him. I thank you that, Lord, we have an entire army, and you got an army you've assembled to see him saved. Thank you for bringing classmates into his life. Thank you for bringing family members into his life. Thank you for prompting him to go to youth and prompting him to go to church. See, now you're getting into details. You are speaking things into existence. You're activating the army of heaven to work together. And your prayer has united that. Your prayer has unleashed that. That's powerful. So activate all of heaven through prayer. So number one, we love them. We're motivated by love. We're fueled by love and all the ways of love. Number two, we pray for them genuinely with a heartfelt way that activates all of heaven. And then number three, understand and never forget you're sharing the good news with these people. Don't, don't, see, I think sometimes we get hindered and we get burdened by thinking we're becoming an inconvenience to people. You must never forget that the, the gospel is the good news. All right, Mark 16, 15 says, Go into the world and present the God of... I'm sorry, I messed this up. Go into the world, all of the world, and preach the good news to everyone. Go and preach the good news. Preach the living word of God that says that by His stripes they are healed. Preach that says they, they, they will know uh, victory after victory, glory to glory. They'll be the head and never the tail, above and never beneath. That peace beyond understanding will come upon them. That God will make all things work together for their good. The Bible is good. God is good. You must know that you're not bringing with, them, with you some watered-down message that you just hope works. This is the good news that will totally transform somebody's life. Never forget you're sharing the good news, and that will fuel you to help other people, and it will help other people. Not an opinion, not some flaky theology. It's Scripture. It's the Word of God. Understand that, and make sure they understand that, that this is the good news. I'm not trying to condemn you, not trying to beat you up, but God loves you so much, despite everything that I've done, you've done. God loves us so much, He sent His only begotten Son, that we shall not perish but have everlasting life. Make sure you never forget and they never forget that the Bible is the good news. I'll be honest, that's probably the one biggest thing we do when we go to Bible club at schools. Uh, Like when we do the Bible club at the middle school, I want to make sure that every kid leaves there knowing that God loves them so much that everything about him and his word is good news. That God does not put diseases on people. God does not hurt people. God is not 
you know, beating them up and, and pounding them and condemning them. God is not trying to do something bad towards them to teach them a lesson. I want to make sure, whether they receive the gospel or not, that they at least know this is good news. And whenever you're ready, you can receive the good news and your life will be changed by it. Last but not least, as you pour out, you're helping somebody here. You'll be blessed. God will not just bless you. God's going to overflow you. When God puts somebody on your heart, he had them in mind, but he also had you in mind. He knew that you needed this opportunity, that you were built to witness. You were created to be used. He's helping you fulfill your purpose. He loves them. and He's trying to reach them. But don't forget, he's also trying to bless you in the process. When God puts somebody on your heart, whether it be somebody you're familiar with or a total stranger, that you know, somebody at the cashier at the store or the gas station, don't be scared of that opportunity. Don't be fearful of that opportunity. Know that God is trying to bless you and bless them. And let's let something great happen that heaven rejoices over. God says, give and it shall be given to you, what? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God will overflow his blessings in your life as you allow yourself to be used because he never will allow you to run dry. And he wants to equip you well beyond even what you need so that way you can meet other people's needs. Think about that. When we send a soldier overseas to go fight in battle, we don't just give them like a little pocket knife and say, go fight a war. We absolutely equip them. We give them the best technology, the best guns. We give them other soldiers to fight alongside them. We give them aerial support. We give them everything and above. There are so many things at their disposal, they don't even have to use them all. That's how you are with God. He loves you so much and He loves them so much. He is giving you everything and then some that you need. Don't lack confidence. Don't be scared. Don't be full of fear. That's the devil trying to keep you from helping somebody. Go into it knowing the army of heaven is behind me. I am part of the greatest army in eternity. In the natural, it doesn't have any chance against what God's doing inside of me in the supernatural. The supernatural and what God has prepared will always win. Again, love never fails. So, God's put somebody in your heart. I really feel that. Take a few minutes after this podcast is over and just let that sink in. Really make sure you know who that is or who they are. And take these scriptural principles, love, prayer, good news. Take these things and run with it. You don't have to shove the gospel down people's throat. I'm telling you, you can just live by love, pray for that person, act on your love as told by the Holy Ghost, Share this good news, and we're going to see incredible testimonies come out of it. All right, I hope you were blessed by this, and I hope you feel equipped now. You should. you got some great ammo to go on. Uh, we want to hear testimonies from this. I really feel like over the next couple of days, weeks, and months, you guys, through this message, are going to start witnessing to people. You're going to, I, Pastor Lacey and I have already told you that, that going into this school year, we're going to, it's going to be a huge emphasis on witnessing. And, and so this summer, it's not take the summer off and then just hope this school year is great. The Lord's going to put people on your heart this summer, in the next few days even. And we want to hear about those testimonies. We want to hear about what God's doing and what you're doing, allowing Him to use you for. So share those with us. Again, let us know if there's topics you want to hear. Y'all have an awesome rest of the day. We love you guys. And be ready 
More podcasts are coming your way soon. Later, y'all.